to the Sweet Release Healing Roundtable podcast where we're just pulling it together by the skin of our teeth on a weekly basis for our pleasure. And if it's your pleasure too, congratulations, join the cool kids table. So <laughs> tonight we have Spencer, Jenny, Charity, and the fantastic Morgan on, on the producer side swapping back and forth and doing all kinds of shit. We are trying to pull it together. Also, we are currently streaming live on TikTok. This will be placed in as many different social medias as we can find afterwards. Welcome to the shit show. So there were some things I thought we should look at for for the more serious side. And then after dark, we can come back to giggling. What Spencer can't even hold it together. It was 0.2 seconds. It wasn't even a full second. And he's already giggling. Stop fucking laughing. No, I'm just kidding. So one thing we were asked, so I'll do like a a little, no, no. So one thing we're going to look at is the old wounds of women. I know, I know. Namely the mother wound and learning to trust each other again it's a hard one i I saw a meme today that says as we burn down the patriarchy let's not use other women as kindling yeah that's and i was like yes thank you i thought of this one too because there's a video i saw I don't know, probably the dead of winter now. It's summer here. Well, it's spring. And at that point, I was just kind of like, oh, everything is great and life is balancing and stuff. And I saw this one video where this younger woman, beautiful woman, kept stitching this older woman's video. And the older woman was having a very hard time in the video because she was really emotionally upset about putting on makeup and how she used to put on makeup and how young people are putting on makeup now. And it was like this big comparison thing. This older woman was clearly in pain and having a hard time with it. And this younger woman, instead of, and I don't want to compare too much. It's just not the way I would have handled it. She kept stitching the video and saying like she was doing it that woman's way and like making fun of her and really making these really big divider lines between one generation and another. And I thought, what a missed opportunity to stop and be like, hey, you can do your makeup however you want. And I'm going to use my massive platform not to tear you down, but to join forces with you and be like, hey, that's cool if you want to do it this way. Like one of the things she was saying is she licked the top of a Q-tip and then would clean like fallout and stuff that way. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? I don't mind like licking my own face. Who gives a shit? It's my own saliva. I made this with my body. And God damn it. If I want to use it on my body, I will. But I, I remember thinking, and honestly, this video sat with me for so long, how divisive that is. And when dudes do that to each other and kind of tear each other apart, they can laugh it off and be like, uh, you know, fuck you, whatever. But women really can't. Like those wounds of women run so deep. What do we think about this? Um, my first thought goes to like being a teacher and teaching a young younger kids. 
Um, I've always worked with K through six kids. And even then the girls are, they've learned at that, at a young age, I have more parents coming to me being like, Hey, my daughter's saying that this other girl is saying these things. And it's like, these girls haven't even started maturing yet, like body wise. And they're already going after each other's weight, their, their looks, mm -hmm. their hair and that kind of stuff. And like the parents are really upset. And like, I spent more time dealing with that drama of like girls already at third grade, that's eight and nine years old, like trying to stop that. And it's like, it's generational, even down to like young kids. So that's my first thought is like, we got to stop it there. Do you even see that with the boys? Um, the the boys joke around. It's just like you said, they, they will punch each other. They'll push each other. They'll hurt each other, make each other bleed. But the next minute they're fine. Like, so they don't get in trouble and then they're just back playing. But the girls, it's the instant backbiting. It's the crying, like instantly coming up to me and saying, oh, she said this, this, and this. And the amount of times I have to be like, no, like that is not where we're going. We are not talking about that to each other. And you guys need to learn how to support each other because the world after middle school is rough and you guys have each other. And like that, is, that has to be your support system. It's those girls alone. I raised my daughter with what we called the woman card. It was, you're not in competition with any other woman or girl. The only person you're in competition with is yourself. Or if you're in a position where you have like an actual opponent, because she was in Taekwondo at that point. And it was always like, like I pride myself on being a woman's woman. I tend to listen to women first. If I'm talking to a couple, I address the woman first. I... I will technically have a woman's side before I'll have a man's side. And I try to do that to level and balance because through most of my life, I was taught the opposite. I'm trying to do that to balance myself out so that I can just not care about whether it's a man or a woman, hopefully at some point or another, and just listen to the vibes coming off. But I tend to pride myself on being a woman's woman. I'm not going to steal your man. I'm not going to flirt with your man. I'm not in competition with you. I'm not playing this game. And I don't like that I've had to say that when I'm meeting a couple, when I'm making a new friend who has a significant other who is a man. I don't like having to do that. It's really interesting. It feels multifaceted. So it goes down to the same words could be said between a group of boys and a group of girls and the boys, whether this is healthy, correct, accurate, whatever, the boys laugh it off and they move on. The girls hang on to it and they go seek external mediation. That's one level. The second level is that it's okay for these comments to be said in the first place. Um, and so it's really, it's a nuanced idea because there's so many different facets to it that if you pluck one, it's tied to hundreds of, of others. So it's hard to grasp what direction to, to speak on because I can remember in second grade, you know, my dad going, look, sweetie, I'm so sorry. You come from a long line of nerds. I don't know what to tell you. Just go on the other side of the playground, play by yourself. Eventually they'll come to you. I'm 39 years old and I've just found the group of people who come to me mm -hmm. and it's 
really weird and triggering and disheartening and it's made me this incredibly strong badass beautiful human being that will go out of my way to lift up support aid you know gas up all of the different things the the people around me especially women for a while it was at the sacrifice of my own well-being and i've learned that balance and those boundaries but it's really interesting. There's never a moment when it is one way and we learn it as something else. It feels like it is just always that way. Mm-hmm. There's in spirituality, there are stories that go back to the time when women and men really did exist in quite good harmony. As in women kind of owned the night and they had their night rituals often by moonlight firelight and then men had their daytime rituals but at some point it got in a man's mind that they were stronger that they were that this is scary to them that women are doing all these things at night where they couldn't see them and they didn't trust it And that's where the scales tipped. And it said, I think it's prior to the time of Atlantis too, where men decided that they didn't want to allow this to happen anymore. And in terms of spirituality, we've been dealing with the fallout from that since. The divine feminine has been pushed aside for the toxic masculine to take over essentially. And we see it all around us, uh, high heels, fuck you, whoever made those because I've twisted way too many angles on those. I'm not coordinated enough for sneakers, Never mind high heels. And then we have impossible beauty standards from magazines run by men. Um, and then we can think about it like this, Victoria's Secret is owned by a man in Ohio who set beauty standards. It's so interesting to me to see how it used to be and how it's changing now. Because now we have more men like Spencer who, no, I mean, like, seriously, you're like a level guy. You're not that guy who's like, hey, watch me walk in here and I'm going to be like the alpha of everything. And I'm like, sit the fuck down because you got alpha nothing in here. Like, if anybody's an alpha, it's fucking me, bitches. Sit down. <laughs> it was the fact that the alpha was immediately debunked as soon as the theory was proposed. They, but they, be, like, that's a whole other soapbox. I will that kill was I will so funny, too. I laughed so hard because I used to have an ex-boyfriend who was all about, he's an alpha wolf and all this stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. I know, I was like, hmm. I will just say, though, like, it has taken me most of my life to get here, though. Like, I I have been stuck under those same brainwashed standards of women need to be this way and whatever. And it honestly took um, losing a girlfriend who she was like, you're, you are not it. Like, this is not how that goes. Like, you have mentally hurt me. And I, I just sat there like that, like, really stressed me out being like told that, I had messed someone up because of how my standards or my beauty standards or what I was looking for and things that I complimented her on and those kind of things will actually 
messing her up mentally. And at that point, I was like, oh, this this is what they're talking about. This is that toxic masculinity. And that I was that was my first year of college. So I was like 18, 19 years old. And like even then I had like my own body issues that I was trying to go through. I was I've always been six feet tall and I was 160. I was skinny. I had no muscle. And like, but I was always told I was good looking or whatever. So in my mind, I was like, this is what we're going for. This is what we're going for. And it had to take another human being and a female at that that said, hey, you messed me up for me to be like, oh, this is not okay. And mm-hmm. so it, it, it took me a while to even get to this point. And, and that's growing up with three sisters and like being the boy between all of them and growing up and being told that by a, a girl that I very much liked. So it's not a But look at your reaction to that, because I've said to guys before, your actions X, Y, and Z have messed me up. And I have been told that that's a me problem. That's not, it's, it's not, that's, that's something within them, but it goes back to what Spencer was saying. And all of y'all have said it at least once or twice on here, but because I've been listening, because I hear my kids say it. I hear them say it when I get onto them and I'm like, that's not okay. And they're like, wait, what? And it's boys and girls. Girls are worse most of the time with each other and really nasty. They are. It's some boys, but not as many. But until somebody like you or anybody else looks at them and said, that's not okay. And it actually dawns on them. It's a them problem and it's an internal problem and it's a learned problem and it is progressive and it needs to be stopped. Like Spencer said, but it's every time you hear it, I say, Hey, that's not okay. What'd you just say? Why? There's no reason for it. Don't do this. Like you just have to tell them it's not okay and keep going and hope they hope it rings that time. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. So with that charity, sure. I have a question. As we navigate yeah. the world, um, as young adults growing into whatever it is we grow into, I'll let you know when yeah. we figure that out. Whose responsibility is it to teach the lesson? So I have some friends that are like, if he doesn't show up at the door, specifically in dating, if he doesn't show up at the door, understanding these basic tenets, it's not my job to teach him. My thoughts is well if no one's ever brought it to his attention how is he supposed to show up at the door and know so at what point is it whose responsibility is it to 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 be the teacher or to express the wrongdoing or the what the fuck i think it would be all on an individual basis Like, if I say it to five people that do it to me, and Spencer says it to five people that do it to him, and you say it to five people that do it to you, and maybe I didn't say it to all ten of them that did it at that time, but I did say it to five, all of those people have been told it's not okay, and then so the numbers climb, and so the numbers climb. I don't think that it's necessarily my responsibility to change everybody in the world, but it is my responsibility to myself to see what I will put up with and what I will not. 
and to say it's not okay. I mean, with the kids, I'm like, don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to put up with it here. They know that. <clears throat> but we have open discussions. With I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I keep on yeah. overcutting you. I agree with take that it is that um, it's everyone's responsibility. But like, if it is a date situation, like, it's a man can only take so many slaps in the face before he starts learning. And like, that's how you shut down an alpha male is like, you just be like, nope, you're nothing. Nope, you're nothing. And after so many, he's like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm really nothing. Right. But we're not going to degrade him that far down. We're going to like say, hey, this is what I was expecting and you're not it. And after that many times, it's going to like start sticking to them, setting that expectations, holding them higher to that higher standard because they haven't had to. Like, it's been a, a society of like, hey, you're lucky that I even asked you on a date kind of a society. I've never been told and no like, kind of thing. It's like, you've never been told no. So they're not going to take it the right. first time or two you tell them. Yeah. Like, right. I'm a fighter. I'm, I'm like, you said what to me? I don't think so. I'm not going to go search right. it out. But if that comes into my space, oh, I'm, I'm meeting this head on. I just had a guy send me um, a whole video of himself that I did not ask for. And I was like, he was like, what do you think of this? And I was like, it looks like um, a dick pic video sent without consent or want and uh, smaller than what I expected. <laughs> and then I blocked him because I'm not going to play that game. I'm not. You put that in my space and I'm I'm taking the bait every single time. It's It's so toxic of me to do this. I know. I should learn to turn the other cheek and walk away. Sharon reminds me quite often, like, is this in line with sweet release healing? And I'm like, no. <laughs> She's like, we want sweet release healing page. I'm like, yes. She's like, is it on your personal page? I'm like, no. She's like, then leave it alone. Like that's It's in line with good. sweet release shaming though. <laughs> sweet release shaming. This is how we release your toxic masculinities. We shame it out of you. I have a friend who, when she receives those unsolicited, um, she's like, oh my gosh, since you don't care who you send this to, I'm just going to go over here and post it. Um, do you want me to tag you in it or not? And the, 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 now, does she? I have no idea because I don't ever go, look, that is her business, not mine. That is not my lane. But she's like, since you don't care, since you didn't ask for consent, then I'm going to take this and, and over here. I legit take screenshots when it comes down to my personal stuff. Yeah. If you're sending me something like my personal Snapchat, this is my personal Snapchat. I'm just sharing my life and doing my thing. You want to send me something like that? You have a 50-50 chance of screenshots and then being shamed through your screenshots. And I will not protect your identity because don't be a bad person if you don't want bad things to happen to you. This is the law of attraction in action, buddy. I got spirit's approval. Like, am I going to get in trouble if I do this? And they're like, nah, go ahead. Like, this is a lesson learned. You can present the lesson. I'm like, fan fucking tastic. Or, or I'm going to send you a picture of a bigger one and tell you that you don't measure up. It's, it is what it is. One way or the other, someone's feelings are getting hurt because you hurt my eyeballs. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> so Morgan says she knows she's not in this when she's in the producer role. 
But her favorite line is when men get super offended when I've turned them down and I try to soften it by saying, hey, nothing to do with you. I'm a lesbian. And these toxic men come back with, oh, well, you just haven't met the right man. Because that's definitely how it works. That's mm-hmm. absolutely how it works. Thank oh, you. I wish y'all could see tight right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. This is still the first hour, isn't it? Yes, we're ma'am. The first hour. We're in the first 20 minutes of the first hour. Oh, you got to rain it in. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's all set the bar of inappropriateness. Just don't go oh, past wait. it. And we should be, we should be good. Sharon's not going to give us all the death glare. <clears throat> if, if we're... Yeah, there I'm it is. Thanks, Sharon. <laughs> we're all no, like, shit, no, nope, just kidding. Nope. No, <laughs> so Morgan said, who is tea kettle whistling? Uh, it's not me yet, but I, I know I'm rapidly on the way there. <laughs> there it is. Angela, you absolute unicorn. She says she's never received one before. I need to know what what timeline you're living in and hop over there. Is TikTok your only app? (laughs) (laughs) Look at her, never with a period too. You said that with your whole chest and I'm jealous. I'm going to put it right out there. Oh, there we go. Blanca said, same. What the fuck? What world am I living in? Obviously. I've never received one either. Well, you, want you know, I have no. a bank of them that I save for toxic men. Nope. No one share that with me. My therapist goes, I do not understand. I do not understand how you get so many of them. I, none, I don't know anybody that has received as many as you have collectively what are you doing and i was like just existing just what do you mean what am i doing why is it my fault that these men have decided what to do like are you serious i think i think your therapist needs some toxic masculinity training um be like what why is it my problem it's not my fault oh well no um in my defense there was a period of time when i was a um eggplant tease so there i was egging some of it on I mean, can relate. I don't know if I can say that word and get her banned from TikTok. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. They're arbitrary. I really like that you said eggplant teas. I'm here. For We're just Aubergine. talking about food. It's cooking. It's Italian cooking. <laughs> Goes with tomatoes, sausage, Spencer. Yeah, I think we all think it's funny that Sharon's internet just cut out right now because we would all be in so much trouble. <laughs> We're getting said to rain it in or she's muting all of us. Uh-oh. <laughs> got mom number two, the Morgan. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. So back to this. Spiritually speaking, how do we heal this on a daily basis? I'm in line with what Spencer was saying with don't back down that if it's, if it's brought to you and it's presented to your space, address it. If you're safe, of course, you don't want to have like some dude who's going to swing on you because that shit hurts. And then when I swing back, they cry and it's just sad. Yeah. yeah. I'm a swinger. It's not, not the pineapple kind either. 
I think acknowledging that it it is a trigger or that it is definitely not an us thing. It's not a, a, a me thing, that it is a, a them thing and being able to take that, you know, the pause between action and reaction and to be able to take that pause and create that space, that the knee jerk reaction to be space instead of aggression, because it, it doesn't have anything to do with us and calling people around us to the carpet on it. Absolutely. That is not how you speak to me. Absolutely. That is not how we talk to each other. Um, I mean, to me, that's something I'm going to start putting into practice. I, and I think a huge part of it is like working on your kids right now. Like if you have kids or you have the ability to work with kids, um, that can be like nieces and nephews and whatever, like it's got to start young because we ultimately this, this mindset of like the alpha male and that kind of stuff, it stemmed from the older generation and the older generation is starting to die out. And we only have the generations below us to help teach and to help grow that. And like, even then, like my generation, millennials, we're not going to even be able to get past it. It's going to be multiple generations down the line. And I think that's just been the, the story of uh, humanity, though. Like each generation is just doing something better to try to leave humanity in a little bit of a better place. And they just keep going. So it, it it's it's our our children that are going to be able to fix this. I like and only thing we can do is teach them. Well, part of me wonders if that's why there's such a big push in spirit for everyone to tap into their gifts, to use their gifts. Why there's why I feel like such a huge push to teach as many people as possible in as many ways as possible to use their own gifts to get that connection to spirit so that we can speed up that process. As a couple of years ago, there was this big campaign about normalizing the genders and the sexes and everything and just saying that equality across the board that was going to take about 208 years and there was a there was a big push that said i think we can do better than that and i'm wondering if those spoken words of i'm getting the chills saying this and i get like the the head sparklies is i wonder if the spoken words of we can do better than that and that want spirit leaned forward and said we got you on that one Yeah, I think so. I think that's why you see so many now. Like so many people are tired of it. If you think about it, how many years we've been doing this on this term throughout history. If you look at history, if you study history, if you know it. And how many moments in time ever so many, like, I don't know, 200, 300, 400, 500 years, even throughout the timeline, it's a bump up each time. I just think it's a really hard push this time. I mean, it knocked me on the floor for it because I teach and it just like it just waylaid me for a minute. You know, like I've got what I was saying was kind of in line with it. But now what I'm saying or what I will be saying is going to be in line with it. So, yeah, I think it's a push like that, especially if it was spoken out. I think so. Do you think the fact that we, um, as the adults in, um, the adults in the village, 
because we are tapping into our spirituality in a more global level, that it's become more mainstream, that it's allowing the children the opportunity to be more connected and to have a better understanding? Like, can they receive the message easier? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just from, yeah. Just from observation and paying attention. Yes. I think so. The, the better you understand it and the more it's out now, the easier it is for them to pick it up and understand what you're talking about. I'm trying really hard to explain this, but without, I think it's much easier. I'll put it that way. How's that? Okay. Fair enough. I agree with charity. Cause like my six year old versus my 16 year old sons, my 16 year old son was harder to teach from the get go. Whereas my six year old is far more in line with his gifts. He's never actually come up to me and talked to me about it, but like, He's very precog. He sees things right before they happen. He knows what people are going to say when they're about to say it. He's very linked in with people. Like he knows when I'm having a hard time and he'll come seek me out quickly. If he knows I'm having a hard time and he does the same thing with everyone else. He is far more spiritually inclined and he gets the message easier of like one of his best friends is like, well, pink's a girl color. And I was like, girls, girls, uh, that that's not necessarily it. Girls, not every girl likes pink. And who decided that? And I've challenged this kid. He's six, seven years old. And I've comes and hangs out over my house. Again, he's put in my space and his mom gave me free reign. And I said, colors aren't for boys or girls. They're just colors. They just are. And that shocked him almost as much as he was like, Witches don't exist. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Like, no. Um, but there are certain things that like his grandfather teaches him all of these older things. And when I, my son was like, I don't want to use that because that's a girl color. And I was like, do you remember what we talked about the colors? And he was like, colors are just colors, right? And he's like, yeah. That's right. And now he's, his favorite color is the rainbow. He's like, he, he's like, he likes red and the entire rainbow kid draws rainbows everywhere as he's smashing trucks, getting dirty with the dogs and wants to cook and do simmer pots with me. He's far more, um, level, but I did the same things with him as I did with his, his older brother. His older brother is just, it's harder for him to get the message. It is. Is there a point um, in in puberty where the magics get sideways, like the the connection just is so full of static with all of the things that they're going through in their hormones that they'll come out on the other end? But right now, it's just white noise. For me, and with my kiddos and my experience, I saw that more with the pruning stage than I saw that with puberty. The, pu the pruning stage being between like 13 and 15, where the brain is breaking down a ton of neuro pathways that it's made that it no longer needs anymore. This is the same time when kids get really clumsy and aren't fully in their bodies. I saw more of a separation in that period than I saw in puberty where things were changing. 
I actually saw my kids ask more questions of spirit when they were going through puberty because they were like, what is this? And I saw that quite a bit. And I was like, yeah, I can understand that. I get it completely. I'm cold. All right, like sidebar. I always know when I'm really listening to spirit and on that side when I get really cold. So we're turning the electric blanket, my grandma electric blanket up to high. (laughs) I don't know about you, Charity, but that made my forehead sweat just thinking about it. The pruning stage? No, the electric blanket. Oh. (laughs) Because it's 7,000 It is, but my spine is really cold, so I have on a jacket and shorts. I get real, my spine (laughs) gets cold. I was questioning yeah, if Jenny was sorry. Just worried about getting electrocuted. I was too. Oh, no, it was the no, I promise. No more electrocution. <laughs> I haven't brought it up once. It's been all of y'all. Yeah, because yeah. you started it though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, fair point. Yeah, I take ownership of that one. Yeah, you gotta watch the energy you let out, Jenny. Jesus. <laughs> Just seven things left, right, and center. Do you know how many people were like, I'm so excited for Jenny and her random facts? <laughs> they are fans. Uh, worms are invasive species. There you go. Wait, what? Apparently, worms are invasive species. I haven't had a chance to do research on that, but uh, there you All go. All worms? I don't, I don't know. Disagree heavily with the scientific community on this one. I mean, I love me. Never mind. I'm not finishing that sentence. No, what were you saying? No, that's for the after hours. Sharon will not like me. (laughs) She waggled her finger. We love Sharon. How can you not love Sharon? So it was posed in the comments here and I caught it from Monica about for most girls their mother is actually their biggest bully oh so how do we heal that mother wound because matricide is illegal uh i don't oh know oh my god <laughs> in all <laughs> states it's frowned upon it is yeah. I mean, it'll earn you another, um, another incarnation and I want off the roller coaster for a little bit. Oh ma'am. That's a valid point. But I mean, it's fair, Colleen. Sorry. Um, I mean, it's fair point. Some of the biggest bullies I've ever encountered, um, are, were adult women. When I was, um, I think I was like 19, 20, 18, 17. I was right there at the end of high school. I was 18. I worked at a garden center and this old lady there just clung to me. She was always like, oh, you're just so great. You're such a beautiful young lady. If only you could lose the weight. Yeah. If you could just lose 20 pounds. And I didn't think that there was anything wrong with my body at the time. And I didn't know how to address it. So I just kind of like ignored her because I was, you know, headstrong enough to be stubborn. But that's how I grew up is women coming around and giving you a hug and then patting like your side roll 
or patting the top of your butt and being like, if you could just lose this, you'd be a model. I'm like, why would I aspire to be a model of all things for me to be? Why would that be what I'm aspiring to? So how do we, how do we now, especially as spiritually inclined beings, how do we address this? Really firm boundaries. Better examples. Mm -hmm. Better examples than that of how to like do that kind of stuff. Because I don't know why people do that, but I grew up with people doing that. Like, if you could just lose this, if you could just get rid of that, if you could just dress more like a girl, if you could just this, I'm like, could you just leave me alone and let me be, right? Imagine the shadow work later on in life. It's like, you just added hours to my fucking shadow work. Thank you so much for this, Gladys. I appreciate it so freaking much. Exactly. But it's like, teach something different because I read and I use this a lot of times um, as an example is we as a society have made that image something for young females to seek after. So I compare it to a time in history when today's sought after female is the total opposite of what was sought after then. It was not a tan, you know, it's not go out and do all this stuff like tanning and all that. And it's not like the super thin or anything like that. And like we talk about it in history and how that it's just a huge contrast. And I get the kids to look at it and see like, we've made this okay. It wasn't before. Mm -hmm. So make it not okay and stop. Like I really try to tell them, you know, it's up to you. I'm telling you, this is my part to say, this is not okay. Now you guys have got to say it's not okay. And then when people say that kind of stuff to you, well, you know, you would be better if you did this. Well, leave me alone. I'm fine. Right? For kids, you know, like, leave me alone. I'm fine better. Sorry. What? No, no, no. I don't know why you apologize. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. I was saying right. define better. When cause they said the same thing yeah. to me, be better what is better and then where does it stop and it goes yeah. around and around in circles you know and sharon put in the chat males are just as subject to the judgment of Ooh, their mothers yeah yeah big time does yeah in those spaces when some when poor gladys comes up to you with her infinite wisdom is that moment of blasting your light is is that, is it an opportunity for it in that moment? I mean, will that hell? It can't hurt, right? Personally, for me, my now, my new words are my body's not up for discussion. I really don't want to talk about this with you. This yeah. is not something I'm open to talking about. It's just not something I want to talk about. It, it's firm boundaries is what we keep on saying and just learning what those firm boundaries are. I saw this thing and I, I don't remember it all the way, but it said like, they're an adult. They're they, they can handle rejection. Like they are able to handle rejection. It is their job to do that. And like, if you don't have those boundaries, you're going to take all those things personal and those are going to end up in shadow work down the line. Right. But if we can teach girls and kids and um, just everyone coming up those firm boundaries right now of saying, Hey, 
This is not what we're doing right now. And we're not going to do it again. And you choose. You get to choose if you're in my life or not. Because I'm not coming to meet you. You're coming up to meet me. And like knowing your worth is a big part of it. But it's it's the boundaries. I love that line. I'm not coming up to meet you. You're coming that up good, to Spencer. meet me. That was good, Spencer. That was good. Oh, Somebody needs to write that, write that down, that's Spencer. Gonna be- that's going to go on the Instagram. We're, we're going to make a Canva on that one and we're going to tag your name in it and everything because we are adding more, more and more and more of everyone who's involved with Sweet Release Healing onto the Instagram and, check, and Facebook. Ooh, that well, gave I, me goosebumps everywhere. And I think we all know it. Like you guys on one of your TikToks the other day, you had a list of like what you need in a man. Right. And like, those are boundaries, like getting that skill. And it, it is a skill because we don't, we have taught kids like, oh, you just say sorry and then it's okay. And I like, as a teacher, I'm like, no, like you need to learn that that student keeps on hurting you. Is that the type of student you want to be friends with? Like learn that boundary of like, hey, I'm done with you. And if enough students have that skill, that student could learn from each other. And that we're a community, like that's that's how we have to teach kids, but we're not. Like at a very young age, even as kids, they're like playing and someone takes your toy and you're like, oh, just let them play with it. No, like that kid cannot take that toy away from you unless you give it to him or her. Like, ah, this is kind of a passion topic and I get very passionate about it. That's a fantastic point because I don't know about y'all, my mom, if I'm playing with something and my cousin came up and she wanted it um, and would throw a fit and I would have to stop what I was doing and give her whatever to play with, right? Because that's just how it worked, except it was never reciprocated. And I think I was probably 13 years old when I went, it cannot be, it can either be this way at our houses but it can't be your way at both places. Like it's either tit for tat or it's not at all. And that was the first time. And I was so worried I was going to get in trouble from everybody around me for standing up for myself. And it's taken a really long time to reprogram that Mm -hmm. to say no. And, and that no is a complete sentence and saying no doesn't always equal danger. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is that's one. a big one. Do you know how long it took me to learn that? Oof. Too long. Way too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember being at a family member's house. And she was older. And she was someone who was like a matriarch of the family. And one of the things she was famous for is work, working you because you were younger. So you can go up and down the stairs and you could carry all the heavy shit and you could do all this. And I never really minded until I started to notice the pattern of the second you sat down to sit comfortably was when their own shadows came up of must be productive all the time, must be doing this. You are younger. I'm going to treat you that way. Those old belief systems and patterns that don't work anymore. And there came a time, and I think I was in my late teens because I was driving, and I said, no. They were like, I sat down and they said, go get me a Diet Coke from the fridge. And I said, no, I just sat down. I've been working for you for hours. I 
next time I get up, I'll be happy to go get you one, but I'm, I'm not getting up right now. And I remember one of my aunts at the time looking over at me like, oh, she's fucking dead. <laughs> he is dead me. Like this is dead girl walking. And I held my boundaries, but I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> I thought I was going to have like the nervous poops and the pukes at the same time. Like my stomach was gurgling. I thought I was going to lose it. And when I, when I got up, I said, do you want that now? No, no, thank you. As if she was rejecting me and then refused to be like, I love you as I left. And I was like, okay, well, I love you. So I'll see you another time. But since that day, and that, like I said, that took me a very long time to get to that point. That shit is scary. And it's, it definitely exists in my shadow work today of people pleasing, of being safe in my boundaries and knowing that I'm okay to do these things that I may end up losing people. And am I, am I going to be okay with that? What's more important to me, losing myself or losing that person? But I think like we're talking about the setting of the boundaries in the first place is a really good start to healing this mother wound so that we can move on to the father wound and then heal ourselves, heal, heal humanity. I mean, yeah, guys, the limit after that shit, right? Yeah. Because biologically speaking, we are the product of our grandmothers, right? So if I understand the biology correctly, I am carrying the seeds of my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so it's not just one generation, it's two. And that is a lot of work to break for one, and I'm going to say this in hyperbole, for one tiny little soul, especially when we are breaking so many other boundaries and so many other glass ceilings and aspects sometimes if it's really it's heavier because it's so personal and especially if that's your support system how do you tell a borderline personality disorder mother absolutely not when as toxic as her as as toxic as her femininity is there's still an aspect that you need in order to function in order not only to not to thrive but just to survive it's really difficult and nuanced and there are ways to do it. But like you said, it's scary as all get out. And sometimes you just have to. I love what you said about, am I really going to do this for the sake of one soul? When healing this part of me means that I project that out to how many and the trickle down of that of being a healthy human being who is okay to say no and hear no, who is emotionally intelligent. Because if we think about it, the older generations are super shut down to spirit because their ego voice is so loud. How can they even hear it? How can they even get it through? They're old as fuck. <laughs> yes. Sure, the hearing aid might have an issue with it too. Um, you know, as you get on in age, sometimes you need it. In age. Spiritual hearing aids for everybody. For real. We're going to 
they uh noise canceling for the ego <laughs> yes. yours for 9.99 a month Correct. <laughs> in this economy <laughs> um i i think it is just as important though that like those boundaries are held for that older generation as much as the younger generations we teach the younger generation that they have these boundaries it's okay to have them and it's needed for you to be a healthy active adult and we tell the older generation hey it is not okay for you to do this to me and like help them understand why it is and i think that is a, a really big political thing right now is like we have such a political uproar on so many different topics and it really seems like the younger generation's leaning one way and the older generation's leaning one way of like, hey, we've always done it this right, but we need to meet in the middle and say, this is why we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like this, and like at that point, that's when things like real change is going to happen. But how are we going to actually make that happen? I don't know, because politics are dumb. And but also hard. like, how do we get to that point? It's through active communication with each other. Yes. And like, <sighs> being able to recognize that dull roar of the ego voice and saying, hold on a second. Do I really have anything to be afraid of, doubt, judge, condemn, compare to? Because I find like the further away you get from the middle of understanding when it comes to different sides of things, the further away you get to that, the higher that ego voice is and the more it rules. Do you know how like I notice this a lot with like my older clients and I love when my older clients come in because they start out with i'm so old i don't care anymore i am learning this and i'm like go you breaking some generational trauma on you that like spirit is weird and you should shut it down and they share their stories with me about how often they've been told that this isn't even real to ignore it that we don't talk about that actually a dear friend is in her 60s and she was told that all the time by her grandmother and her mother we don't talk about it Like they acknowledged it and they knew it was a thing and they knew it was there, but they just straight up didn't talk about it. And now I'm seeing, I'm seeing an uptick in older clients who are really interested in utilizing their gifts properly and doing so in a way to break their own generational traumas. They're like, I'm not just putting this down to my grandkids. I'm doing this too. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. And it's so enlightening, but look where it started. It started with people just like us, everyday people saying, no, that's what spirit said. That's the feeling I get and not hiding it anymore. Providing that platform for a middle ground. Ooh, I like that. They literally just showed me a platform and they were like, for the middle ground. I'm like, oh, I love that. I love random visuals. Yay. How are we feeling? It was a big topic. This was a big topic. (laughs) I didn't expect us to go on this long about it. We could probably talk about this for hours or days or months. So so many different aspects. And it goes back so far and so deep that, you know, it's grandmothers, grandmothers, grandmothers. It's so ingrained in our genetic makeup. Mm Mm-hmm. And not to mention, like, we could go on different cultures and how <laughs> how it's affected in those different cultures and how they grew up and, like, what kind of progress have they made in their culture and 
historically we could look back and be like well this was a big part in their history for them to be able to move on from that and i don't know it's a huge topic Mm -hmm. I also feel like we miss the right, because we don't have rites of passage anymore, we don't have a separation between responsibilities for both men and women, that there isn't a point in, a definitive point in time where you walk into the woods as a child and you walk out of the woods as an adult. I think that plays a big part in some of it as well, because we are perpetually our parents' children. There is never in the community that I'm in, the experience that I have, there is never a point in which we become our parents' equals. We are forever our parents' yeah. children. Oh, yeah. Forever, yeah. I'm going to kick my kids out and put them through the woods now. Fuck this. Yeah. And so the, the toxic mother, which is that if we've got toxic masculine, we also have toxic feminine. So the toxic feminine breeds the toxic masculine. She is the source of it all. Because they didn't learn it from nothing. Someone taught them this was acceptable behavior. Someone taught them that it was okay to treat women like this by example, by words, by it, it was learned somewhere. Oof. That, yeah, that one hit hard, Jenny. Thanks. You're right. Right. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. Thanks a yeah, lot. That's actually really interesting because like a big complaint among like parenting and like the parenting books and whatever right now are all just like millennials these days are making their kids their friends instead of parenting them, right? So instead of like what you just said where we will always be their kids, meaning below parents these days are now making a more equal being more of friends and now we're they're blaming that as why kids behaviors are so rough <laughs> and I, is there a platform to be in the middle on this one because maybe like yeah. i'm saying that age of puberty where they were traditionally given a task and giving given that life passage that that's the point like prior to that point when they're growing up and they're children and their bodies are children. And then right where that point where starts to sway over to adulthood, where we hit those mid teens, maybe that is the point where we need to start stepping back. Cause I, I'm not mother of the year or anything. Lord knows I'm not. Just look at my actions from today. <laughs> Like you want, you want McDonald's and Dino Nuggies? Fuck yeah! That means I don't have to cook. Hell yeah! Yeah, but on the other hand, that's also self care because sure, you could go be that patriarchal Betty Crocker version of some mother and do all Tate rolled because her eyes so far out of her head, she's gonna have to go get them. I mean, you don't. You know, you could feels. do that, or you could go. I need my life to be easy here. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. You don't vacuum in pearls and heels. It's ridiculous. But you're right. It goes back to that. I also don't have cocaine in my Dr. Pepper. I mean, in my Coke in order to, to, to do all of the things and be a size zero. Yeah, they it's took drugs away from us. It's bullshit. See? 
<laughs> with the uppers to get it all done and the do the downers to go to sleep. Like, yeah, mm, yeah. Sure did. They did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I forgot about that. How many drugs they put into like well, they sold it in yeah, soda the counter back then because it was okay. Yeah, didn't they used to have to be like a like yeah. a like pep me up mm -hmm. pills or yeah. something is what they yeah. called yeah. them or like a pep? You're right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That was like back in the 30s. It wasn't even mm -hmm. that long ago. Yeah, and you were mm -hmm. expected to do all the things, but you also couldn't no. own land or have a bank account without your husband's permission. Yeah. Kiss my you couldn't ass. Own anything. Mm -mm. Couldn't nope. And you know, so we were thinking that rite of passage. So when you think about even even Victorian um, Europe, from my understanding, you know, you think about Narnia and Peter Pan and the different thing, which is. Narnia is not Victorian England, but you think about the difference between, I don't want somebody coming at me because I got my dates wrong. Um, but you think about the difference between young boys going from short pants to long pants. You think about staying in the nursery with your brothers and sisters and moving out into your own room. So while it wasn't a literal out into the forest and back there were up until a hundred years or so ago, there were demarcations in time, which split a before and an after. I love that we're having this conversation because part of the mother wound is that I hear this a lot too. Hey, that's your mother or I'm your mother. I can do whatever I want. I'm your mother, but I'm the mom. And I hear that a lot. I get it from my clients. I hear it from the outside. Even to women who are in their 40s and 50s, they're still being told by their mother, hey, I'm still your mom though. No. So at what point are you able to grow up and develop your emotional intelligence and develop your individuality and feel comfortable sewing those wounds and healing them? And not being a people pleaser anymore and setting your boundaries. These things are all important. And for me, I can see the difference in, oh, that's an ego voice. Like, oh, that is up high and that is not good. And then I see like the ego on the other side where this one's in more control and this one's just in more misery. I know that we said earlier that it really comes down to setting your boundaries. But once your boundaries are set, how do you deal with all of the emotional fallout, the nuclear fucking winter that exists inside and the emotions that follow afterwards? Therapy. Mm. Salt baths. <laughs> hey, I would say community. Mm. Community where those, those um, walls, what are, what's the word? left me those are the same standards for them as well and I, I think that is why we push finding a community that accepts you and that is why we have pride month we have a community for the people who are part of the pride community and that's how they got past through a lot of the things like that is how you move on and you have to find those people and i think it's like that whole quote that's like blood is stronger than the womb of the water but it's like that quote was actually got chopped up a lot yeah and it's like saying how like 
the people who you find your family now. And I think we have to get past that whole, like, I'm your mother, I'm your dad. Like, so what? Mm -hmm. So what? Like, these are the, these are my people now. This is, this is my new family. And being okay with it. And I think that's the hardest part is the being okay with it. Um, I feel like the, for a really long time, like media and movies and stuff like that pushed family and like, oh, family's all you got and whatever. But like, if you watch um, the new shows and stuff, it's not that anymore. It's finding who accepts you for who you are and being okay with that. It's, it's um, Encanto. Is that the, the new one? Mm -hmm. Like, that was a really strong one of like, hey, you're, you're, that may be the grandma, but like, you have to stand up to that, right? But because if you think about it, that TGIF, ABC, Friday night, it was, you had 30 minutes to resolve the issues and everybody hugged and loved each other at the end of it. In reality, the real world does not operate like that. Mm -hmm. And you compare it to Encanto, which I have not seen yet because I am, don't have the emotional fortitude. Yeah, well, after I got through picking myself up off the floor, um, you know, there is a stark difference between the message being presented Mm -hmm. and it goes back you you said it it's the community that you pick because we can pick a community that commiserates and that wallows and that you know is is um self-loathing and poor pitiful me and it's everybody's fault and take no responsibility or you can find a community that will help hold the mirror and someone holds the mirror while the other person stands beside you so you can face it mm -hmm. yeah I love the chat on TikTok is saying we don't talk about Bruno <laughs> from Encanto. Yeah. And I love, you know, I got to mm -hmm. say, I loved that song. It's, it's, I really do love that movie. I, it, I'm not really like a, a Disney movie person, but I really loved that one in particular. Yeah, there he is. Spencer, the, he was Jesus last time. Now he, he's Bruno. Fantastic. He's, but I mean, think about how that goes. We don't talk about it. Nobody talks about these things. And when they do, it's usually just in a way to complain instead of actually trying to solve the problem. Look at us solving the world's problems one That's podcast right. at a time. Love it. <laughs> so we've said shadow work, boundaries, salt baths, mm -hmm. therapy, and community. Hmm. We got a multi-dimensional and multifaceted solution to a multifaceted and multi-generational problem. Look at us. Also, that's the end of our hour. Wow, fast. I know. It goes by super fast. So I want to thank you guys all for coming. Thank you so much, Spencer, Jenny, Charity, the Morgan, and the Sharon for being part of the Sweet Release Healing Roundtable discussion. For those of you who want to stick around and find us next on the after dark after hours conversation where we can lose some filters have a great <laughs> week ah.